Hey guys, it's Ben here, wishing you happy holidays from the Noob Guys. Last week while I was away at baby class, Mo and Todd took the reins on the radio, 990WBOB.com, Noob Tap Takeover. They put together a great show for you. But before we get into that, Mo and I go live tonight on 990WBOB.com. That's November 11th at 9pm. Tune in live and hear us. But without further ado, here's Todd and Moe's best imitation of a great radio show. This is 990WBOV.com, the home of internet entertainment. From Rhode Island to the world, 990WBOV.com. 990WBOV.com is an independent free media outlet. Feeling like Pitbull up in this bitch Dancing on my tiptoes up in this bitch I'm awesome Got me feeling switching my name Bob Awesome Everything else be the same Still risky biz For like 15 years That's loyalty kids Way to pull my beer Wait up while I shift my gears New year, new me New ID, too easy If I only look like g Easy. What a stereotype They stare at my What's going on? What's going on? Welcome to Noob's Tap Takeover on 990WBOB.com. This is your host today. A little bit uh, an odd setup we have today. Moses Malone, sans Ben. Ben is at baby class tonight. So tonight we have a very special co-host. He's been with the podcast before, but introducing to you Todd Dersham. Todd, what's going on, man? How we doing? Thanks for having me, man. Happy to have you. We've had you on the podcast a couple times, so I know what you bring to the table. Um, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you back. So for anybody who's never listened to us before, we are Noobed, New England Weekly Beer Discussion. This is our tap takeover program. Uh, we also do a podcast, weekly podcast. Uh, we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, all your normal podcast mediums. We're on Spotify now too, which is new for us. We've never been on Spotify before. Just I think we're up. like the big leagues. I think right? basically I think like we're the it. number one podcast in America type thing. Um, but we also have a Facebook group if you guys want to follow us on that. It's just called New England Weekly Beer Discussion. Basically, we just post random beers that we drink. And uh, if you want to follow me on Untapped, I do the same thing there. Moses Malone, uh, friend me. You know, maybe uh, we work out a trade somewhere down the road and it's mutually beneficial. Right. So, I mean, there's benefits to it, too. It's not just about what beers I'm drinking. It's all about just sharing the love. So, like we always do on this show, we're going to run through the tap list real quick. we got a great show for you today. And uh, Todd's got some really cool stuff. Contributed the guests tonight. So, right. I mean, that's really cool. You snagged us the guest, so right away you're doing better than I normally do in the <laughs> second chair. Um, so we're going to do what are you drinking, local releases. Uh, then we're going to move on to a little local distro update, some things I want to talk about as far as the uh, November, December season, uh, fall, winter season coming upon us. Uh, then we have a segment that we like to call Agree to Disagree. Uh, then we're going to go into our brilliant beer minds with Helder Pimentel from Backlash Beer Company out of Boston, Mass. Excited for that. I'm sure he's got a lot of cool things to talk about. Um, Then we have the Hop Spot worth driving to. That's right, the Hop Spot. Yeah, the Hop Spot. (laughs) Uh, Todd came up with that literally on the drive up. Yeah, I had a real much more corny name assigned to that segment. Is that where I'm supposed to TM this? Uh, Yeah, if you want to. I mean, that's fine. If I use it moving forward, I'm actually going to type in right now Hop Spot. So I've officially (laughs) stolen that. And as always, we're going to close with Shelfer of the Week. It's kind of a rite of passage, and it's definitely Shelfer, not Shelfie. There's really no question on that. I think we've established that as our word now. I think you guys established that. I'm not sure everybody's on board. No, they're not. They're not. Not at all. <laughs> not even close. So, Todd, we'll open up the show with, what are you drinking, man? Well, uh, we're going to be moving on to other half, Myler Daydream Double Dry Hopped Imperial mm-hmm. Oat Cream IPA. Yeah, you had me at other half. <laughs> Todd's, Todd's the other half hookup because one of his great friends who we've had on the program before yes, Camden. is Camden from Other Half. He's one of the assistant brewers, is that fair to say? He just does everything. Okay. I mean, what he, what he got known for even on social media was uh, how he took care of one of the big collabs that they had. Right, there. right, the like line 800 work. people in line. Yep, I remember Fantastic. him mentioning that when we interviewed him. So, yeah, obviously a great best friend to have. Um, so... We want to get into a little bit of local releases. Todd, you want to take uh, take over here and grab me a couple local releases? What do we got coming out here? Uh, Long Live. I mentioned they got the Crimson Ghost with Boysenberry and All Seeing Eye Dippo with Simcoe, Citra, and Kohatu. Okay, I love that Ghost series. Yeah. They've done a couple of those. My wife loves those, too. Shout out to Jess, friend of the show. <laughs> Shout out to Jess. <laughs> oh, she told me to say hello, by the way. 
I so I'll do it on the air so that she knows that I actually right? remember to tell you. Hi, Jess. <laughs> She's probably not listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? Who else? Who else is doing some stuff here? Of course, the one of the bigger ones was Trillium uh, announcing Deciduous at twelve and a half percent. What? Twelve and a half percent. Seriously? Yeah, Fig, uh, Madagascar Vanilla, and some cocoa. Was that beer that high the last time they released it? I, I honestly can't remember. Really? I remember getting that beer. That's the one with like the leaf on it, right? Yeah. Like on the can. I remember getting that beer. Not in cans. It looked like it's in bottles now. Ooh, Back interesting. Back to bottles, yeah. The little ones or the big ones? Uh, bigger ones. Okay. Yeah. See, I like the bigger b- bottle format. I know Ben does too, but yeah. the little that's ones kind of... That's Ben's go-to. The little ones kind of piss me off a little bit. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like it's enough. Yeah, we but got... But then you um, look at the price and you're just like... Yeah, it's like $7 yeah. or whatever and you kind of just justify like, right, it that way. It. Yeah. We got... um, What the hell was it? One of their sours... Uh, one of their wild ales or something, and I, I was pouring it, and I don't, I mean, obviously I can see how big the beer was. I knew it was rather small, and I poured a glass, and I was just like, oh, right, because it's only 11 ounces it's, or whatever. It, I was just thinking I was getting two glasses out of it, and it's, no, that's not even close. That expectations, man. Yeah, so, I mean, I like the bigger bottle format, but you got any other ones? What else you got? Uh, you know, that's about it, other than some of the stuff that um, you got coming up with the canned heat. Okay, yeah, we got canned heat. Just about done with this canning run. Um, they canned Suppa uh, and B-Boy Stance. We will have more cans to come. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm saying we because I've been moonlighting there as a bartender. Holla at your boy. Thursday yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Every Thursday night. Um, except for Thanksgiving. I'll be there the day before Thanksgiving, which should be pretty hopping that day. So definitely come by Canned Heat and check us out. we got some cool things going on there. Uh, shout out to Matt Ellis, head brewer over there. Um, another brewery that we kind of wanted to talk about a little bit just in the local releases section, since we are going to be talking to Helder soon, we wanted to kind of educate people a little bit on Backlash Beer Company, um, and just go over a couple of the beers that they have available. Um, they are a distributed beer company. You might have to go to a couple stores around this area and into the Rhode Island area to actually find them because they're not on every shelf. Right. Um, but they are on some, you'll see them. Their logo is kind of like, uh, the brass knuckles kind of looks like that and it's like a you know it's a b obviously with some arrows in it um but a couple of their good ones that they that they have the biggest one that stands out to me is the the death oh yeah death sounds amazing oh man apparently that's one they do every year i've never actually seen that one before but that strikes me as kind of something that i would be super super into um so death is a nine percent imperial stout um it's that time of the year so they're coming out with that roasty coffee goodness dark as midnight chocolatey tones throughout that sounds like a dream. Yeah, like, I, I would have one of those right now. Yeah. Cause if you're listening now. What? It's stout season. Yeah, it is. If you're listening right now, Helder, I'll take I'll take one death, please. <laughs> one death. Please. One death. A beautiful one. Um, a couple other ones, just, just quick. Bad Decision Juice. I thought that was a great name for a beer. I love it. Session IPA, Mosaic Citra, Idaho 7. Sounds delicious. Do you think that's because it doesn't, like, taste like it's 7%? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I mean. By I, the end of the night, you're like, oh, that's bad. Yeah, like you think it's, yeah, it's probably a good idea at the time. Yeah, we'll ask them where we came up with that name. I I love asking people that, where they come up with a name and like, you know, why panic button? Why'd you call call it panic button? I'd love to know that. Yeah, the story's behind them. Yeah, there's usually a story behind it. It's not just something random. They don't just throw darts at a dartboard and they're like, all right, panic and a button. All right, yeah, that's the name of the beer. Um, But yeah, panic button, New England style IPA with Citra, Idaho 7, and Amarillo. Um, some tangerine and grapefruit in there. Yeah, they definitely stress the New England style. I'm seeing a lot of that on their menu. But, you know, also a couple other, like, really interesting, like the Great Molasses Disaster. I love it. I mean, a weird name for a beer, but if you know a little bit about Boston history, right. it, it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Um, so this is their their take on an Imperial Stout brewed with molasses. It's got barley, uh, notes of roasted barley, chocolate, and hints of smoke round out this beer i'm excited for that yeah so I'm, sometimes I'm, that turns me off but then uh some people can just can do that smoke just oh, right. i love that smoky beer do you remember that smoky beer we had at ebf yeah man that was, that was phenomenal so yeah so todd todd was my date for ebf <laughs> uh, i mean his wife was his date but i i third wheeled it so yeah i actually fourth wheeled it because chase was there too we so. little man yeah He's, we take him everywhere man. yeah i fourth wheeled that one that was fun though yeah that was a good time yeah Oh, I'm sorry. Got you got any other releases? Um, just uh, a couple things that were mentioned with Tilted Barn. Yeah, they go got for it. They're uh, Berliner Wise with peaches and blackberries. Mm. And then Proclamation had just uh, this past week that Progress 22 looked really good. 
So with the malted uh, golden naked flaked oats, um, with a touch of lactose, dry hopped with uh, some obscene, this obscene amount of azaka, mosaic, citra, and El Dorado. Mm. The progress series always kind of interests me because it's never this, never even close to the same beer twice. Like right. they're all so very different. And if you don't pay attention to what progress you're getting, you might end up with a beer that you didn't know yeah. it was gonna be. You know. But I like that a lot of breweries are doing this, like yeah, this series, because sure. they try to figure out maybe what they can put on the main menu, and um, and of course it just causes everybody to try to get every single one that comes out. So. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely like a collection series at that point. Any other ones? Are we good? Uh, just Buttonwoods. Yeah, you might as well shot them out. Their 100th batch. It's mm. a variant of their dip of Cool Arcade. It's called Rad Arcade. So hop <laughs> with uh, Vic Secret. The nope. 100th batch already? Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah. He's been around for a while already. Shout out to Morgan. Yeah, I Good like for it. him. Congrats, yeah, good man. Good down there. Yeah. I haven't been in a while, man. We went, like, when they first opened, and uh, it was a really cool spot. And then, you know, we don't, we don't come up this area a whole lot except for the radio show, yeah. so... Kinda, I just, you know I like to share beer, so I brought some other half down, and I just walked over, and I was like, hey, do you guys like beer? And he was like, yeah, you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you, you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Morgan cool. is a, a yeah. beer aficionado for sure. Um, so that, that's going to round out our uh, – that's going to local – the local releases, that's going to round us out there. So we're going to move on to a local distribution update. And we've kind of touched on this a couple times already, and we're only a few minutes into the program. It's stout season. It is it's undeniably stout season. It's starting to get cold. The goddamn leaves fell off the trees. <laughs> it's done. Like IPAs are great and everything, but it's time to turn the page. Yep. We got to have some 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 beers with some real dark, you know, malty chocolate yeah, coffee like whole meals. Yeah, we need like some deep beers here. So with that being said, there's a couple there's a couple big stouts that come out around this time of the year that I get hyped up for. Absolutely. Even though you know. They're, they're from some big-name breweries. Right. And it, they're from at least one brewery that, for all intent and purpose, just sold out. Yeah. Which, you know, it's fine because well, they still make some really good beer. So I'm talking about Founders CBS and Goose Island Bourbon County Brand Stout. Two of my favorite barrel-aged stouts that, you Absolutely. know, come out seasonally. Um, Founders CBS hit the shelves uh, on... Friday, uh, I think it was Friday the 2nd, actually. We're at uh, over Mass? Well, no. See, this is the thing. <laughs> when they make these announcements on, like, Facebook and Instagram, like, oh, it's CBS season, here it comes. Yeah, they distribute it to a lot of places, right. but for whatever reason, like, maybe it's because we're in the armpit of a state. I, I don't know what it is, but we don't get it. Yeah. And we, I can't say that we don't get it. We we get it. Either that but or they hide it. Until they like... hide. That's what I'm saying, like. These, these places get it, and it's like... They control the flow. Yeah, so, like, I've heard a couple places, and I won't name anybody specific because I, I hate this personally. They're doing raffle tickets where, like, you show up to the to the liquor store, you put your name in a raffle just for the opportunity to buy one of these beers. I'm sorry. I, I, I think that's corny. I, I, I understand I understand it because there's such limited quantities. Yeah, but it's but, almost like just lining up at a brewery anyways, and you don't, know, you don't know how much beer is there. I guess. But I just remember, like, CBS last year, I walked in, walked out. Two bottles. Thank you very much. It was one per person. Brought my newborn baby and my wife. Went and picked up two hey, bottles man, I was of thinking CBS. You can't, you can't really knock them I from guess. a business standpoint, you know? Because if guess. they can get all of us lined up and only so many people can get it, people are just going to still want to walk in and buy some stuff. That's definitely true. The Bourbon County brand style I'm excited for. I'm I'm curious to see what kind of the variant, what what kind of like supply we get for the variants. Right. It'll probably be almost nothing. I couldn't. Yeah. Last year it was difficult to find any. I mean, I've never even had the coffee until Birvana because I'd never seen it around anywhere. But um, they're not even doing coffee this year. They're doing a vanilla, which sounds delicious. The they're bringing back the ram the bramble rye, which they haven't done in a few years. They have a coffee barley wine, a wheat wine. And a midnight orange. Now, I gotta think that one's gonna be rare. Yeah, I, they're probably all rare, really. But um, and then they'll do the reserve and the proprietors. That'll be Chicago only. So we'll never get that. But I, let's, you let's know, go out for a game. No, nah, that'll never happen. <laughs> so I mean, keep your eyes open. These are great beers, relatively affordable. Um, something you should definitely get for this time of the year. That's the end of that segment. Um, we got a great show coming up for you. Still got brilliant beer minds coming up in the third. 
segment. Uh, we got a, a great debate segment where me and Todd really go toe-to-toe. Oh, so that's yeah. coming up next. 990 com. This is the Noob Tap Takeover. Welcome back, 990WBOB.com. This is the Noob Tap Takeover. I finally got through that. I was kind of struggling a little bit with my diction. Um, really struggling through that 990WBOB.com. Um, so we're into the second segment here. Um, we got a really cool, kind of something interesting that me and Ben don't frequently do, but I thought maybe me and you could pull it off. Yeah. I don't know. We're going to try to do it. We're just going to try to have a little debate here. Um, this is a segment... I like to call agree to disagree. So something that I kind of wanted to talk about the the Brewers Association. Yeah. They are the ones that kind of regulate what is a craft beer and what is not a craft beer. Um, they're going to be altering or they're proposing an amendment to their definition of a craft brewer. Okay. Um, so the definition currently is three pronged. Um, it's uh, well they've changed it a bunch of times. Number one. Number one, craft brewer must be small. And they've right. detailed that to be less than 6 million barrels. All right, that's important. Yeah, that's a lot of beer also. That, that is a lot of beer. Okay. Um, they need to be independent. Yes. Which they've also defined. defined. Of yep. Less than 25% owned by a non-craft brewer. Okay. So you need to own at least 75% of your brewery. That makes sense. Is what I, I kind of got out of that. And then the traditional, which means that a majority of your total volume must be derived from traditional ingredients. Okay. So hops, water, malt, yeast. That, right. I mean, that's what I get from that. And then, you know, people kind of pushing the envelope with the fruit and, sure. you know, other things, as obviously. As the base is there. So the, the problem, I mean, not the problem, the, the proposed change uh, will be that they're going to add uh, the term innovative brewing ingredients to this three-pronged definition um, and it definitely seems like this would be basically being done think, for a certain company in you mind. Think so? I I think that's the sum of the by just like broadening like yeah. So the, there's the description. Yeah, there's a company you've heard of them. Maybe a lot of people have heard of them. It's Boston Beer Company. For anybody who doesn't know, Boston Beer Company is Sam Adams. Right. One of the OGs, like, they, they go back to the 90s and re- really even before that, but they were one of the pioneers for craft beer, I think. Right. The Boston Lager pretty much set the Absolutely. market for, you know, a new style of beer, a new way of drinking beer. Um, so they, they, they brew a, a, a ton. So let me ask you this. Yeah. What, what do you think is driving that change? What do I think is driving the change in craft beer? In, in the in like the description, um, I think they don't want to lose their biggest, the biggest member of their group, or or one of the biggest. I don't know if is Sam Adams the biggest craft brewer. They might. I just not read an article be. saying that they're roughly tied with Yingling now. Okay, really? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. What? Well, not like well. When you when you consider craft, I mean Yingling, I don't think is maybe necessarily, yeah, you know, spouting it, you know, or shooting it from the route, you know, shouting it from the rooftops, but yeah, that's um, um, one of the articles ah. I read as far as like what they're producing or the king of like craft beer, if you will. Well, I mean, you can ask a lot of people, and Yingling makes a perfect beer if they live in Pennsylvania. Oh well, yeah, they probably would say that in Pennsylvania. I I think so. Uh, another reason that I think these people are thinking about the Brewers Association, I mean, thinking about changing this is because a lot of people are doing a lot of experimenting. Right. And one of the things that I think they're kind of seeing as being a big experimenting uh, uh, ingredient would be THC or cannabinoid oil. Am I saying that right? Cannabinoid, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I think a lot of people are kind of eyeing that as it becomes legal in – Certain states, ours included, or Massachusetts included, not Rhode Island yet, I don't think. Not completely. Legal. No, I don't think so. But in any case, a lot of states obviously legalizing this and that being a viable ingredient, and some breweries are already doing it. Um, I know New Belgium did one. Mm-hmm. I've never had it. 
the Emperor. I haven't had it either. No, nah, me neither. But definitely something that they're seeing as being, and that would be considered a non-traditional right. brewing ingredient. So I think they're trying to... Is that what it covers, to, like, the, the variants? I, I guess. I think they're trying to include them as, like, the people that want to experiment with that. Like, oh, you can still be craft and do that. Right. So I, I would think that that would be kind of a part of it, too. But my main gripe with it is that just doing a little bit of research, Boston Beer Company, they brew approximately 2 million barrels of beer in a year. Okay. That's a lot of beer, but right. well under the 6 million that they need to be in order to be craft beer. They ship 3.8 million barrels of product. Okay. So that's 1.8 million barrels of product that isn't beer. So that, and again, for anybody who doesn't know, Boston Beer Company also owns Twisted Tea, Truly, Angry Orchard, and Truly. So that's like three separate companies in and of it, like four separate companies really in and of itself because you have the beer. Right. Then any one of those, Twisted Tea, Angry Orchard, Truly, they could all stand alone as their own company. But they're under this umbrella, so they're not their own company. They count as I can see Boston that. Beer Company. So almost half of what you produce is not beer. Now, I understand. When we talked about this with Adam downstairs, you got to make a buck. Yeah. But uh, I think it comes down to also just how they're labeling it. You know, like, okay. I don't think they're trying to hide from, you know, the fact that Twisted Tea is Twisted Tea and, you know, truly is what it is. That's true. I mean, they're um, not really hiding from it. You know, so I think, I think you know, if they were to just say, hey, based on just, you know, the beer that we're producing, there you go. I understand, like, we might be arguing, like, the fact that it the actual company has all this umbrella underneath it, but they're not trying to like, they're not trying to hide it. Maybe this definition helps open that up a little bit, but it doesn't change, you know, uh, you know, the actual beer they're brewing. I mean, th this parts of this, I came in here thinking I was going to say that Sam Adams was not a craft brewery. That honestly, that I do, thought do that you was... want to just like break up these companies. So it's that's... not under, Boston beer, I, I don't know if that's fine. what I want either. And after talking to, to pal downstairs, now I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, every company has to make a buck, right? Yeah. And it's not a bad thing for a company to pivot to something else. Certainly. Like, Sam Adams, Boston Beer Company, probably saw a slight decline in their beer sales. They're, they're, I would assume. And they branched out. And they at one point, they did Angry Orchard. At one point, they added Twisted Tea. And they figured out that these brands sell really well for them. Yeah, and they can still there. make a good bottom line on it. Right. Um, so I, I don't know where I stand. I, I think I'm going to say Boston Beer Company, for now, Sam Adams is still a craft brewer. Okay. I think, I think You're, you, you, I, you pivoted on that. I did a little bit. I think I'm going to flip. Where do, you, where do you think you stand on this? Yeah, I, I'm fine with it. I think I think we kind of let, like, you know, people like us and that go out there and purchase that stuff dictate it over time, you know. Uh, sometimes it's too early to jump the gun to just mm. be like, yeah, we want to call him this, call him that. I think, uh, you know, his intentions are still there. Yeah. Um, he Like you said, he just found another way to give people some like, I still think, sugary drinks. And I still think their <laughs> beer isn't that good, though, a anymore. Yeah. Because there's other things that came out that were better. And maybe that's he found how much how much he needs to produce to, you know, to the market that's willing to, you know, keep up with the demand if you or if the, fair enough you know a, a savvy businessman if nothing else so they're not listening but shout out to boston beer company that's the end of our our debate i, I think that went pretty well i think we both brought up some pretty good points i changed my uh, mind so i think yeah I'm you did actually so i gotta say you <laughs> won that uh we got a great next segment coming up for you helder pimental from backlash beer company gonna join us uh shoot some shop with us for a little while you'll listen to 990 wbob.com Noob, tap, takeover. We'll be back in a few. Welcome back, 990WBOB.com. Noob, tap, takeover. Shout out to Risky Biz real quick. Uh, they do all our intro music. Uh, friends of ours, that's Are We Gonna Stay Up. 
um, off their off their sing off their newest album. Check them out on Spotify. Risky Biz. Yeah, man, they um, we love that music. I don't. We have no plans of changing that anytime soon because that's just some some cool tunes and and dudes that we're uh, that we're really cool with. So we got a we got a great little segment here for you. Yeah, this excited. is a great little thing. Yeah, lined up for us, Todd. I love having uh, cool guests from local breweries. So today uh, we have Helder Pimentel. He's the owner brewer from Backlash Beer Company in Boston, Mass. Todd hooked us up for us. Helder, are you there, my man? I'm here. Can you guys hear me? Yep, we can hear you. Awesome. Thanks for awesome. coming on, man. Of course. My pleasure. My pleasure. So for anybody listening, um, I just happened to find out from my wife and her friends, uh, no Helder from back in the day. And then I was like, hey, is there any way that you can uh, hook me up and get him on the show? I happen to be going on this uh, beer show, and here we are. So I appreciate it. It's funny. uh, It's a small world. It's crazy how things happen. Yeah. So um, so since we got you on, uh, we wanted to ask you a couple questions. Uh, We just want to, you know, give you a chance to be able to, like, you know, tell the – you know, tell the world because we got like the biggest audience. You know, so the biggest, yeah. I think, <laughs> biggest. I think in the state we confirmed that. I think a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think it was Love in that. That, that one magazine. You know, but yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously one, of, you know, one of the main questions that everybody gets asked, especially you know the owner, is uh, you know, what what's what gave you the idea to start the brewery or to start brewing? You know, was there like that magic moment? You know, you know what what kind of triggered you to do this? Um, so one of the things that people don't realize, I guess, with us is like, we've been around since 2011. Like we, you know, we're a seven year old company, but we were a contract company, meaning that we, you know, we, we paid other people to make our beer for us for you know, the first five years of our life. So we started in 2011 making contract beer out of a place in Holyoke, Mass, like way out in Western Mass. Um, and then, you know, we, uh, we sort of hopped around a few times. We went and made beer down in uh, in Pawtucket, actually, at Foolproof for a couple of years, and then we um, we went over to Dorchester Brewing over here in Dorchester. So, you know, there there was the idea to start sort of a brand, um, which you know, it's sort of a two part answer. Like, you know, we had like like what what got us to start the brand, and then what got us to start the brewery, and from a brand perspective. You know, it's it's hard to even like go back this far because like 2011 was like a totally different landscape in terms of craft beer in New England. Like there, you know, there weren't many, there weren't many breweries, there weren't many brands. So you know, I went to BU and like when I was like 24, 25, and I'd been homebrewing for a few years. I just noticed that like, there weren't a lot of brands that really spoke to me as like a young professional. You know, like, there's a lot of like you know, brands that were rooted in, like, historical stuff or, like, nautical stuff or, like, old brown dog, you know, all this, like, different, like, just okay, but kind of just, like, mom and poppy sort of brands. And I was, like, I find myself gravitating towards, like, Dogfish and Stone and, you know, more of, like, these edgy brands, but there was nothing like that locally. So, yeah, at that point, I'd been, I'd gotten pretty good at making beer myself and was just wondering, like, you know, is there a way that I can get a branded sort of fresh face in the market that, like, will recruit younger people to the craft beer revolution? And um, that's when we started exploring contract brewing because I wasn't ready to, like, take out a huge loan and open a brewery on, on an idea. I'm just generally more of a conservative person in that regard. So that's, that's when we moved into the contract space, and uh, that allowed us to get up and running real quick and get a get our beer on the shelves so you know after doing that for a while and like getting a good amount of traction having like a ton of fans and like just selling a bunch of beer in massachusetts and establishing a brand name at that point you start i mean and this is like where you start to see the change in the marketplace now now it's like you got to have a tap room you got to have a thing for people to come to and like interact with you know because Contract brands now, it's, it's tough because people want that touch point. They want to be able to like, interact with you and like, experience the brand and stuff. So we sort of we saw that shift happening you know, a few years ago. And we, we, uh, luckily for us, we, we had you know, several years of sales under our belts. And like, you know, we weren't, quote, unquote, a startup anymore you know, from like an investor slash bank perspective. Like it was less risky, I guess. 
So um, we decided to pivot and and uh, and try to find our own space. And that whole thing took forever. Like it took us, we looked at spaces for a year, and then it took us two years to get our current space open. So that was that's sort of the timeline on that whole thing. I like. Oh man, that's an awesome story. Um, <laughs> well, no, it's uh, it's just crazy to hear like everybody's story and how they got started, and yep. you know what triggered that, right. and you know, and all the information you provided in regards to you know the contact bre- the contract brewing you were doing. Yeah, we were definitely curious about that. Yeah. We were talking about that on the way up. Like, so many breweries <clears throat> get their start that way, you know, and uh, I think that's definitely a, a smart business idea to kind of get your beer out there and kind of gauge public reaction to it before you open up your own space and and do that whole thing has there been any aspect of owning a brewery or operating a brewery that has really surprised you anything that you didn't see coming maybe one of the things that i i'm still surprised about i mean we've only been open for like our grand opening literally two weeks ago so we're still sort of yeah we're still we're still kind of figuring out like you know what it is to like run like a brick and mortar but one of the things that I'm realizing really quickly is like, and it might be, it might be, it might be our space in particular or whatever. I don't know, but um, we get, we're getting a ton of like private event requests. Like we, we, so we had our soft open on September 20th. The next week we did a wedding, like, and then like a week after that we did like a private like pop up dinner. Yeah. So like, and you know, we're just getting like flooded with like these requests for like birthday parties and like just like this and that and like I I never really understood or imagined that that would be such a big part of like what we're doing so you know we're, we're like scrambling to catch up because like now we got to like hire a person just to manage like the volume of requests that come through so that that's you know like logistically there's a lot of like things you know running a you know, you're running a manufacturing facility you're running a brewery so like, there's, a, there's a lot of like little hiccups and stuff that you kind of iron out on the way so most of those were kind of expected because it's still making beer and like we've been making beer, even if it's in other people's facilities, we still understand like what that process is. But like once you start to like become like a retail operation, that like that's a completely new thing for us. Like we, we had no idea what that was like. Like, so we really didn't see, we didn't see us being like a destination for people to like throw like anniversary parties and like corporate outings. Like we did a party for Wayfair a few weeks ago. Like, you know, we're just, it, it's, it's, it's awesome, but like it's just not really something that we ever like, had in our business plan, you know. I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, people doing <laughs> events at breweries, like I, I honestly, I don't know if that's a new thing, or if people have been doing that for years and just now there's more breweries, so it's like more of an opportunity to do it. Um, but yeah. I just just thinking about it, like I can think of any number of events that I would love to have hosted by a brewery. Yeah. birthday parties and it's bachelor cool that, parties it's cool that you embrace that too you know like you had talked about you know with your start how you wanted to embrace you know getting out in the community and kind of building this brand and i think that's like a big piece of like what you're doing in that oh, that's a you know, huge that way area, to do it. you know for sure yeah i mean like like right now like i'm not at the brewery right now because i gave myself the night off but um, <laughs> like what which, which you got to do because um, it's really easy to burn out but like right now like we have an event in there for like because we're we're like two blocks away from um, the BU Medical uh, Hospital, so like we have like the entire ER department is in there right now. Like, so it's just a, it's cool. Like, I mean, these things pop up and you're like, wow, really? Like, you guys want to? Okay, like you want to come by and drink beer? Like, I mean, it it makes sense. Like from like you know, like we're around the corner from them, but like I just would have never thought that like it would be as big of a thing as it is. You know? Awesome. Yeah, I mean, good for you, man. That's that's definitely you know added revenue. Um, added attention. Good problems to have. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's definitely a way that you get noticed, too. Like, all that stuff is word of mouth. You know, I have a party at your brewery. Next thing you know, I'm telling my buddy I went to your brewery, and now three people. It's just, like, word of mouth, yeah. people getting out. And, and the fact that you're cool about it and you understand that part, maybe it's, you know, it wasn't something that you expected, but definitely cool that you've embraced it and, and kind of jumped on board and, with it. And maybe people that weren't yeah. even seeking out, like, you know, craft brew. <laughs> get an opportunity to try some stuff and they're like, yep. Hey, this is a great spot. Definitely. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, like the biggest thing that we are, we're realizing now is like, and it's, it's because in part of where we are in the city, like there, we don't get a ton of organic foot traffic because we're kind of in like a commercial area of the city. So like, 
we, there's no reason, you're, you're never going to be walking by our brewery and be like, oh, let me pop in here real quick, because, like, that's not a thing. So you gotta, you got to give people a reason to come out. So oh, sure. if, you know, if, if that's a private event, if it's a birthday party, if that's, like, a, you know, if you're throwing a crazy, like, festival thing, like, on the weekend, or have a can release, like, that, that's just, like, it's sort of part of what you do, like, on an ongoing basis, just to generate awareness. Because, like you said, like, if you get a, a 50-person reservation for a birthday party or a corporate event, whatever, like, you know, there's a good chance that those people will then go and tell someone else, and that sort of, that ripple effect is huge. So do you, do you have, uh, what space do you have for that, you know, besides just the tap rooms, or do they, do you run yeah. out just the tap room? No, we, um, so that, that's another thing is like, <laughs> we, we didn't plan for it, so we didn't really know how to price it out, you know, because like our capacity as a tap room is 120 people. Nice. So if you're going to bring in like, if you're going to bring in like 80 or 90 people, then like we almost got to shut down because otherwise we're going to be like turning people, you know what I mean? Like the, yep. there's this balance where it's like, all right, you're going to bring in 80, 90, 100 people from your company then we got to shut our doors and be a completely private event. And like, what's that cost? You know, like how do we price that out? Like that's been a learning curve for us. Like, so it's, it's, you know, it's just not another thing that we didn't really plan for, but it had to really adapt to pretty quickly. So I got one more question to you uh, for you before we get to the big finish. Um, I did a little research, obviously I I'm familiar with your beer. I've had a couple um, that I've spotted on the shelves down here. Um, we don't see it, obviously, I would assume, as much as in the Boston area. Um, so I, I yeah. went on your website. I watched your video. So I, I understand the arrows. I get, like, that whole sh- that whole stuff. You know, like, obviously, I see that it's a B. Um, but, like, where does the name Backlash come from? Like, was that just – like, where would you come up with that? It's funny. Um, it, we've, we've been through sort of a bunch of different changes. But um, so when I originally, like, envisioned this company – um, you know, we had, we had this like brass knuckle logo thing that we wanted to use and that people seemed to like identify with and like, it was like memorable. And originally the name of the company back in like 2011 or 2010, actually, before we launched, it was going to be like black eye beer company, like, you know, the fighting thing. Um, and then we realized pretty quickly that someone else had the trademark for that name oh, uh, no. and we couldn't <laughs> do that. So we were like, oh, man, oh, damn, we got to, like, find a new name. And like that that was actually like, a refreshing opportunity because you're like, all right, like, let's step back. Like, what do we actually, like, what do we stand for? What do we want to, like, represent, et cetera? And, again, 2011 being a very different landscape than what we are in now, um, the back the name Backlash really came from, like, uh, a desire to personify the craft beer revolution, you know, because – at that point, you know, it was still sort of a newer thing. Um, so, you know, we wanted to kind of give a face to um, the movement that was trying to take back American beer from Bud and Miller Coors mm. and just sort of ra- rally people around that. And our, our biggest thing has always been, like, you know, like I talked about how we were, um, you know, trying to appeal to a younger demographic. We really wanted to recruit people in who maybe were curious about craft beer but didn't have a brand that they, like, identified with, you know? So it was, like, Backlash had sort of an edgy feel, too. We had, like, the Brass Knuckle logo that we kept for a long time, and that was sort of edgy. And, like, I just thought that that all sort of would um, be beneficial in trying to attract new faces into the craft beer movement. So, So that was, like, our first, like, five years. And then when we signed the lease on the spot that we're in now, um, we just... You know, we're in like an economically challenged neighborhood and we didn't really want to be like the brass knuckle violent thing that's moving into like your backyard. So we, we took that as an opportunity to once again step back and like distill down like everything that we stood for as a company. And um, we developed this new logo, which is like a series of arrows. So it has like some cool energy to it. It's kind of like a pushing and pulling thing with these arrows in different directions. It's still a B. It's still kind of edgy because it's like really ang- angular and stuff. So that's that's basically the the whole progression of of the brand and and the logo um, from start to finish. That's awesome, man! Such a cool story. Um, I, I I'm up against the break right now, but I'd love to talk with you some more. I had a few other questions for you. Completely up to you. Yeah, but man. if you want to stick around for a few minutes, we're gonna pay some bills, and we'd love to come back to you yeah. on the other side, ask you a few more questions if you got the time. 
Absolutely. Just sipping a beer over here. Awesome, Helder. Perfect. Well, you're listening to 990WBOB.com, Noob Tap Takeover. We'll be right back with Helder Pimentel from Backlash Beer Company. We definitely got more to ask this guy. Um, stay tuned, man. Thank you. That's about it. I guess I ain't about it. Estimate that if I rap for 20 years, I'm bouncing. Probably going to counseling. Or I might just stick around a bit on my Bob verse time shit. Jimmy to the Niners. Welcome back. You are listening to 990WBOB.com. This is the Noob Tap Takeover. I, you know, Helder, I kind of called an audible there. I've never actually asked a guest to come back after the break, but I just felt like you had a story to tell, and I kind of wanted to get into it a little more with you, so thanks for sticking around, man. We appreciate it. No, I'm, I'm honored, man. I'm honored. I got to ask you, though, you kind of, you kind of, we're going to jump into the four-pack of questions, but I'm going to kind of segue into it a little bit. You said you didn't have really anything going on. You were sitting, adrown, sitting around drinking a beer. It's like, I mean, I got to ask you, what, what are you drinking? Uh, I just picked up a uh, four-pack of the Vermont Double IPA by um, Long Trail, and I got to say, it's, it's a banger. It's really, really good. I, th- I feel like a lot of people sleep on these breweries that have been around for a long time, you know? Sure. Just like, uh, whatever, like, Long Trail's been around for decades, so they kind of just push them to the back of the line for, like, the new sexy stuff, but this one is, like, it's got pretty much, I mean, I, I pour it out in the glass, but it's got that same hazy presentation, super tropical, soft, like, pillowy, it's, it's really good, and it was, like, I think it was, like, $13 for a four-pack, and it's 8.3%, it's, it's really, really good. Yeah, I mean, nowadays, $13 for a four-pack is a that's a steal. It's a, Long it's a bargain, yeah. And I got it at like a, a grocery store, so I didn't have to like seek it out. You know, it was like just sitting on the shelf there, and I was like, you know, I wonder if it's worth worth a shot. Like, I knew it was going to be solid, but this is actually uh, kind of exceeded my expectations, so it's it's pretty sweet. Nice. So this is something that we like to do with all of our guests. We ask them a four pack of questions. Uh, we we asked two beer related, two non beer related questions. So this is actually a perfect segue into my first question. Uh, what, what's your favorite local brewery right now? I mean, obviously, you know, you, you own a brewery, you brew at a brewery. I, I'm sure you drink your own beer uh, frequently, mm-hmm. to say the least. But do you have a favorite local brewery right now? Oh, uh, man, that's tough. Um, I do, and it's it's sort of – I'm sort of biased because um, one of the things that people don't realize, and I think it's – it's some people may treat it as, like, lip service, is, like, the community is so tight, like, for real, like, it's, you know, everyone always says, like, you know, we want to grow the pie, and, like, you know, we're not competing against each other, but, like, there have been a couple people who have, like, really helped me a lot throughout this whole building a new brewery process, and, you know, I selfishly kind of gravitate towards those people's beers, not only because of that, but the beers are amazing as well, but I would say that one of, like, one of my more favorite, um, people or brewing companies is uh is notch for sure um i just like i like their whole approach like doing session beer you know a few years like they've been around for as long as we have actually i think a year longer than we have and they've been doing the low abv thing you know since before it was cool and now it's kind of a thing so i think that's a, that's a pretty like punk sort of approach like i for that that's like such a cool thing and now that now it's kind of coming to its own, and like they're ahead of the curve. So like Chris from uh, from Notch has been a huge asset to me, and has helped us with this whole process. We actually use the same general contractor that, that they use to build their place up in Salem. So um, you know, I have a, just a huge amount of respect for for them as people, and like their vision of, of the company as well. And uh, JC from Trillium. I mean, everyone loves Trillium, um, but for me, sort of for in a different capacity, because you know he that that dude like reviewed my business plan. Like I used his architect. Like he's I talked. I literally sent him a message like 20 minutes ago. Like he's just on on call to be like super helpful and to give me like advice all the time. And like considering like Trillium is you know like a top five brewery in the country, it's kind of incredible to me that I have access to him as a person, but that, that really just goes to show like how down to earth and cool he is. So I, I really, I default to those two. 
That I mean, all right. You're the second guest that we've had on recently um, that has said Notch first and foremost, and Notch just makes great yeah. lagers. So I'm I'm not surprised yeah. to hear somebody who who brews beer and can appreciate the 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 simplicity or the complexity of a of a lager. Um, and then mm-hmm. you know I just love to hear the community stuff. You know, like the yeah, that's awesome because I mean we all talk about like oh brewers are all friends and it's kind of like a cliche thing at this point. But when you break it on, when you break it down, it's it's not a cliche because it's really true. Like I, yeah, I love that aspect like, of craft it's not beer. Lip, it's not lip service, you know. Like like I, I could see how like an outsider might be like, ah, oh, there's like something right. to say or whatever. But like like legitimately, like I like this brewery wouldn't exist without JC from you know without Chris. Like there there have been so many. Like I was going through my notes. Like I found like a piece of receipt paper that um, Jeff from Slum Brew. Like he like wrote down a bunch of notes for him. Like it's just like it's 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 incredible. Like it's 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 a real thing. It exists, and like we're all like you know the guys from Dorchester too. Like I I shouldn't um, brush by those guys. Those guys like I'm I'm in there like every other day like just asking them questions about stuff and like that. It's like it's it is what people say it is. Like it's a truly communal like helping like dynamic it's, it's incredible it's, it's humbling like it's, it's awesome that's awesome so this is gonna you know it kind of works into my second question a little bit as far as community yeah. and everybody working together do you have a favorite hop to work with um and, and and why do you have like a reason for having that hop to work with um yeah uh i mean the, the easy ones are like you know mosaic and citro everyone you sure. can't make an IPA these days without without putting one of those hops in there because that's just like the the collective palate right now wants that like juicy tropical like whatever you know like that that flavor profile. But for me, one of the and this is like a not like a dirty trick, but it's like something that like we've we've used extensively when we can't get citra or mosaic because they're really expensive right now. Um, Idaho Seven is like my go-to hop. That, that's in like almost every beer I make because it has a lot of the similarities to it's not as like powerful so you got to use more of it um, but it's got this like really cool soft like pineapple thing going on and it's it's in um, a lot of like our our recently most popular beers uh, have had a lot of Idaho seven it's like you know relatively speaking it's easier to find um, so that's kind of like a like a dark horse hop that I mean, hopefully it hopefully doesn't blow up and I can't get it in like a year but <laughs> that's uh that's that's one that, that I use pretty extensively. Um so I got the two non beer related questions. Um so for me the sure. first one would be uh you know what do you like to do when you're not uh drinking beer? Or what's your like favorite thing to do? Um man yeah, I spend a lot of time just like with my dog. I'm like a crazy dog person. I have like God damn it. It's pretty much pretty much our mascot. You uh so the reason why I spent, Go ahead. Sorry, guys. I, I like I spend a lot of time just like hanging out with him and like making sure he's cool and like taking him out and he's at the brewery a lot with me too and you know, aside from that, like I'm a huge sports nut. I'm you know like all all four teams. You know, I listen to sports talk radio pretty much all day. Um That's awesome. The reason yeah, why we're, the reason why we were laughing is because uh <laughs> The next question is, we want to know whether you were a dog or cat person. So you already answered that. Oh man! <laughs> like honestly, I I've had cats growing up, um, and I had like a roommate uh, in college who had a like the the chillest like big fat orange cat that was like he was he was awesome. But like on if I mean if you own an English bulldog like this this dude like he's literally he's part cat part dog part pig. So like I'm I'm down for all of it, but um. I'm I'm historically more of a more of a dog person, I'd say. That's all right, man. I've I've acknowledged the fact that pretty much everybody in the beer world is a dog person, so I, I think I'm probably going to eliminate that question soon because my my co-host <laughs> and I go back and forth on dogs versus cats, and it's just it, it's dogs all the way. I think for for beer people, so I'm telling you, that, but if you, if you asked Chris and Mary Ellen from Notch, so they're they're some cat people. I mean, they're oh, I'm gonna so get that, them next. That, that, yeah, get get them on here. I know. I mean, they're probably they probably love dogs too. But I know that they both have like they have like at least two cats. I All think. right. Well, thanks so for the heads up. <laughs> I appreciate that. 
Well, Helder, I, I want to thank you personally uh, and on, on Todd's behalf as yes, well for joining you. us today. Uh, fantastic interview. Tons of good stuff coming from you. Um, would love to catch up with you at some point down the road. Maybe we'll come by and check you out at the tap room. Um, but thank yeah. you so much, and best of luck to you moving forward, man. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. appreciate the time. Thank you very much. That's Helder Pimentel from Backlash Beer Company, uh, backlashbeer.com. Backlash Beer Company on Facebook, Backlash Beer on Instagram. Check out his page. He's got some really cool progress pictures of the tap room too. You get to kind of see like where they came from and, and what they had to do to get that place up and running. Um, so we're pretty much at the end here, Todd. Like We, we got like nothing left for time because I was into that interview and I did not want to cut that short. No, that was so great. I'm, I'm fine with getting rid of – well, not getting rid of, but – you know, we wanted to talk about the hop spot worth driving to. Right. So we'll just shout it out real quick. Stone Path Malt in Wareham, Mass. If you're ever in the area looking for a place, like kind of a cool place to have a pint, it's basically a tap room. There are, there are malt, uh, I don't even know what to call it, like a malt facility. Yeah. Like, yeah, like exactly. a malt granary. I don't know. Right. Is that a word? We'll have to figure that out. Yeah, I don't really know. But basically they distribute malt to a lot of local breweries. And then they, in their tap room, feature the beers that they distribute their malt to yeah just so they got beers from down the road jack's abbey start line moby dick just a really cool spot to hang out and have a bunch of weird beers and they they kind of like like you were saying before it kind of goes to the story yeah, see the process yeah and then you know cornhole ping pong i mean that's kind of stuff that never hurts for hanging out and and chilling with some friends so um I guess, I mean, I guess that's it. That's it. Um, we got a shelfer of the week. Yeah, we I don't know. That. Yeah, we'll, we'll nix that. Uh, it was Shabin, another hop on the wall. For anybody interested, go and pick it up. It's just a great beer. I'm drinking it right now. It's delicious. You were listening to 990WBOB.com. This is the Noob Tap Takeover with Todd filling in for Ben and Moses Malone. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll see you real soon, or we'll see you at another time. Thanks. So there you have it. I guess even with the host out, the guys can still put together a pretty good show. Thanks for listening. Again, we're on tonight at 990WBOB.com, November 11th at 9 p.m. Tune in, and happy holidays. We'll talk to you soon, guys. Thank you.